This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, PA. This is the show where we talk with people in and around and maybe formally of independent professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but uh, please go check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Good times at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Uh, 412206WMS0. If you guys want to get at us with any questions for anybody we have announced over on the Facebook page with uh, Wrestling Mayhem Show or um, IndieWrestling.us. Uh, or if you have somebody you think we should be talking with, um, of course, we can only watch so much professional wrestling these days. And that seems to be a harder and harder task from day to day. Uh, so if there's anybody we're missing out on, you think it would be a great conversation with us, please let us know on any of those lines or the Facebook page or anything like that. Uh, so, of course, uh, today, um, judging, I, I offered a platform for uh, uh, somebody I've known for the last couple of years here in indie wrestling. And judging by a gift that I saw the other day, I just want to remind people that the thoughts in... Uh, Opinions of our guests are not necessarily <laughs> reflected upon uh, Indie Mayhem Show or its uh, uh, associations. So, with that, I'm going to introduce uh, Christian Noir back hey. to the show, sir. Hey, feel good to be back. First time I'm here without face paint on. Yes, yes. I think the last time you were here, you were at one of the uh, Brohemus video game nights. Yeah, I, had, I looked like your regular drug dealer. I had the black <laughs> shirt, the black flannel, the black jean vest on top with the beanie with my glasses. I looked like I came in here to sell nickels and dime bags <laughs> to unsuspecting white kids. <laughs> I got some I got I got some good quotes for the uh social media though. <laughs> <laughs> that were pretty I think uh, uh fro yo for bro bro or something. Oh yeah, uh, cuz Brohemoth um he is my secret lover. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want a minute even though he has like five kids that um he cares for, but um, yeah, bro's a bottom. I'm his top. Okay. He, he likes to pull on my dreads. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but anyways, the reason we have you in here, um, you recently retired from yes. professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, and I think it's been under the radar that you have been intending to do that for for a while now. Yeah, I, th- I posted about it like early, like late December, like right before, like right after my casket match with Connor, like a year ago, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because. Or before that, I was wrestling at Black Diamond, and forget who I was wrestling, but I took a suplex. He did not line me up towards the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Popped my back. Oh, it hurts so bad. Then, like, weeks went on. Then one day I woke up, and I couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I was rolling on the floor crying and screaming. Had to get taken to the hospital. They were like, oh, you tore a lining on your disc. Wow. So I was constantly at this little hunchback of Notre Dame angle. Then I go through, I had to go through therapy to like relearn how to stand up straight, <clears throat> and like what people did realize like for the, for the entire year of 2019, everything hurt. Like every bump I took, I felt like a s- sensation go up my spine and sometimes down my legs. There'd be times I'm in rest hold or doing something, and I like I couldn't feel my leg for a second, <clears throat> but. I remember, like, when I was in my, my, that casket mat with Connor, brutal match, and I just got the worst news that my uncle was, like, dying. It was, like, the official. So 
there I was like crying in the back with all this back pain. And I'm like, I gotta do this match. But beyond the sadness, um, then around August, during 19, I was still, you know, going through a retirement thing. Like I said, I didn't really tell, like you said, I didn't really tell nobody. Only a few mm. people knew. Then I was at Cato's promotion. Uh, imagine, because I will always mess up and say image like an idiot. Not the comic books. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrestling a freshly new Parrish, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know him as the Ebony Sensation on yes, Instagram. Yes, Ebony Sensation. Loved it. Yeah. Loved him so much. You know, he was nervous a little bit. I was like, no, what happens? Whatever, 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 no matter what happens out there, I got you back. Mm-hmm. Went out there. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're wrestling all that. I took a tornado DDT. Don't know what happened. But I landed. I, I got spiked. And I landed 100% upside down. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I'm like I'm like 209 pounds, so that's all that coming down upon my neck, and I blacked out. I woke up at the hot tag. I'm like, why are people screaming? I'm like, oh, it's the hot tag. I went to go turn to my right. <laughs> Sensation all all down my body. I was like, I can't do that. Tag Lucio took the worst bumps in the world, and then Lucio told me like, oh, stay down. I'm like, no, we got the next spot coming up. <laughs> I you know, so whatever goes on, I grab. Parrish gives me a enziguri, but I realize mid enziguri he wears Doc Mark because he's always he switches his gear and his shoes all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he got Doc Martens, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna hurt. <clears throat> so boom, my head like I really already can't feel nothing. This my whole right side of my body, and I start stumbling to the back and everything. They're like, you can stop selling. I was like, I'm not selling. Like I'm. Not okay. I went to the ED that night. I, they kept me in an egg brace. They kept me overnight. And they were like, in the morning, after all their tests and all the little stupid things they had me do, they were like, all right, we got some news for you. They were like, you're like, I couldn't, I still can barely feel the right side of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, all this is numb. So since, like, that match, basically for, like, three, four months, maybe five, all this is numb. I can't feel it. Still. Still numb. Can't feel a thing. And this was how how long ago? I want to say, I want to say August, if not September. Okay. <clears throat> because or October, one of those it couldn't be October. But all this was numb. It still is. Still can't feel anything. Um, they were like, you have. It was like my right side is weaker than my left side, so I'll be holding stuff, and like it will just drop out of my hand. Mm-hmm. And with along with that came short term memory, like. Couldn't like if someone were to tell me something immediately, I would immediately forget. Mm-hmm. There was one time I was driving, I forgot how to drive a car for like a good minute. I had to pull off, I had to like remember where the brakes was and like pull off to the side. And I'm like having a breakdown because I'm like, I can't remember anything, mm-hmm. but yet I can somewhat remember a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing maybe because I'm so attuned to I'm so attuned to wrestling, but I also felt like you know, now that I can't feel one side of my head, maybe it really is time. And everyone saw me, oh, you'll be back. You'll be back. Give it six months. Give it, you know, give it a while. And I'm like, guys, it's not like your normal, like, oh, I tore my shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. like this is something that's going to affect me for the rest of my life. And everyone's like, you know, I know people wrestle with work, like injuries and all that. But I'm like, you know, it's it, it was scary enough when you seen it happen to Phoenix. Phoenix mm-hmm. is back in it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was everything that happened to him. 
but I feel, you know, I'm sorry, like, whenever I pause for a second, I'm, I I completely lose everything I was just talking about, but I'm sorry, but, um. That's fine. You know, it's rough, and I think to myself, like, you know, I would love to keep wrestling, but also fell out of love with wrestling at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was just the hammering the nail for me to finish it off. So, I mean, and, and this you know couldn't have been easy. Um, I mean, you were already kind of heading towards that before you got this other injury on top of things, too. Yeah. Um, you kind of gave it an extra year. Do you think that maybe that was too much time to lead in with an already injured uh, situation? Um, to a certain extent. Mm. Like I've had people, I had like my family, like you need to be careful. You have this back problem, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no, I'm just going to finish it out strong. I'm wrestle everybody I want to, mm-hmm. which I didn't. Which I'm like, yeah, I feel like I let a bunch of people down, which like still eats at me today. Mm-hmm. Like, you no, know, I wanted to wrestle Cisco. I wanted to wrestle Atticus. Um, there's a bunch of people I wanted to wrestle, or who have messed with me. Like we got to go go out at one time. Mm-hmm. Like even the Rev, who's my tag partner. Love to wrestle him. Love Russell Jordan. I would love to bust, like, have, like, bangers with green, like, green dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, because <clears throat> I'm like, hey, we wrestled this banger of a match. You can do it. Don't ever doubt yourself again. But I just gave it that year because I was like, no, maybe my back will get better. So maybe I'll have changed my mind. But when that happened, I was like, there, there, there wasn't any of that. Yeah, it was anymore. kind of the last nail in it. Yeah, and it was, and I was already struggling. Cause I was already starting to fall out of love with wrestling mm-hmm. which would not not and that not hurt to an to like to a great extent because like you know <clears throat> when i got out the military you know a young kid trying to get out the military you're trying to find a job which is rough you know they don't exactly help you with anything i don't mm-hmm. care what i don't care what they say they don't help so i was going i was sad depressed i was doing odd job the odd job mm-hmm. i even stripped for a minute that's really fun, no joke. I was a stripper back when I was 160 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I was a stripper, but um, you know, it, but it wasn't filling the void. Like I was like, nah, I'm not, not in the military. What am I going to do with my life? I let mm-hmm. everybody down. I didn't even tell none of my family members that I left because it was like some it was some BS that went down. Mm-hmm. And you know, I diddle with the thought of suicide. And I, I don't mean to like crush it down with the emotion, but I feel like I'm past it, so I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I was writing my suicide note at home, tears pouring down, all the other shit going on, and I had to stop writing my suicide note because like there were tears all over the paper, and I'm like, I gotta look. I was like, can't die with wet paper, can't find crunchy paper, and I was like, I'm just gonna watch TV till the paper dries up, and. Hence, I was going to hang myself, blah, 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 news. But then Raw was on. And I was like, oh, I used to love this shit when I was a kid. And then I'm watching it. I'm going to watch the whole episode. I was like, let me let me postpone the suicide stuff. Let me let me see what's really going Wait, on. So you're telling me an episode of Raw saved you from going through with it? From, as, as much crazy shit as it is. Yeah. <clears throat> I know how people say, like, oh, wrestling saved their lives or something like No, I could legitly say wrestling saved my life. Because, like, when a, waiting for tear-ridden paper to dry up, mm-hmm. you know, because I think Kane was on TV. 
And I'm watching. I was like, oh, I used to love Kane when I was a kid. You know, came in, house of fire, just knocking everybody down. I got hyped. I got excited. Some I haven't been in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this is great. So I was like, let me postpone it because I want to see what happens next week. <clears throat> and then there was SmackDown later that week because I was looking up what led into the storyline and all that. Then I kept postponing the suicide. I kept postponing, postponing, you know, postponing it. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm old enough to do this now. So I went out to a couple different indie shows. I went to IWC, but I left halfway through because I got bored. <laughs> and if, because one dude was, there was dude RJ City. If dude, and there was a guy in front of me, if he, if he would have said RJ City one more time out loud in my face, I was going to punch him in the back of the head. Then I went to a PWX show, smaller crowd, mm-hmm. but everybody was so into it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go there. And I can, I mean, I know, like you said, like I said, people will say wrestling saved their life. Like, I can legitly say wrestling saved my life. So, so and, you know, and you've had a few years of this. You, you, I know you had a couple different personas over this, but Christian Noir is mostly what I'm familiar with, <laughs> of course. Um, but, uh, uh, and, and we were talking about you, um, I think, Mayhem Show or the night before, and how... You, you know this persona, and I know you also do cosplay. Yes. Otherwise, Heavy so cosplayer. it was just a big thing about like, well, he's out there doing cosplay in the in the ring, you know, as as the character as Christian Noir as well. Yeah, um, <clears throat> cosplay really helped inspire a lot of the Christian Noir stuff because um, when I was just doing when I got done with the. Um, I used to be a fitness guru. Everyone will remember all the, like, the old school guys will remember me doing jumping jacks with like afro hair, gross. And um, <clears throat> then I would do something called Janice. Terrible gimmick lasted like a month, mm-hmm. disappeared, came back. Nobody wanted me in face paint. They were like, you have too good of facials. I'm like, I don't know what that even is. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because you weren't caring to me at that point. Because... <clears throat> You know, I felt, you know, you can't, I understood, like, you can't push everybody at once. Mm-hmm. Someone has to take the cost involved. So that was me. And I know they, for a minute, they did not want the face paint at all. So they would constantly try to discourage me. Put me in matches where I would just constantly lose and all that shit. But I stuck through it. And then I wanted, I wanted to add more to the character. I wanted to be more than just face paint. So that's when I... Because I did, I was into voodoo and hoodoo, just studying it. So I started making, so I like bought a staff, then I started painting it. And then like a lot of my jackets or ring gear, I would add to it. I would start sewing and all that. <clears throat> and through wrestling, I got into cosplay because I was like, hey, if I can sew my own stuff together, mm-hmm. why not do this thing I always wanted to do? And then it just perceived in that the more noir, Christian noir would build, the more my cosplay would build. The more confident I would be in my cosplay, acting in character, because you know when you're in cosplay, like you know people like to see you know that character you brought to life, and it makes people happy. So like I would be a character from like Rainbow Six Siege, do the poses and all that. They're like, oh my god, mute, you're here. Oh lion, you're here. I was speaking that accent, and that always reminded me as Christian Noir, be that accent, be that character, be that thing that people want to distract themselves. I don't say. Distract themselves with to be like, hey, that's cool. That's something brought to life. <clears throat> like, um, 
like the masks that I wear, all of them are handmade. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, a few people knew that. A lot of people thought I just bought them. But like, I, I remember you coming backstage with like, like three masks, and it was just like, hey, I got these for the next few months or something. And yeah. and and also maybe like one of them would fall off the turnbuckle when I pick up and grab the one with like the nails in it, and it was just like, oh, that shit's <laughs> that shit's really sharp. Yeah, I think for that one with the nails, there's actually over four hundred nails in there. Jeez, so just an, it's just a mask, just around the the head, right? Yeah, yeah just around the head, <clears throat> but. And I would I would make them all by hand, and I think that's what made everything such more much so much more special to me. Because mm-hmm. especially with the scarecrow ideal to it, I felt like it's cool one thing that you can just buy and all that. But when you see like horror movies and scarecrow stuff, everything's like crudely handmade, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I always wanted to go for. <clears throat> Except for you know when I would do like my um, Louisiana stuff, like the French Quarter inspired stuff. Like, I guarantee people were like looking at me like my last gear, like. What's the significance of the checkers or mm-hmm. the all white or the masquerade mask? <clears throat> I think I one thing I always did different than everybody else was even though it was a character and I could actually wrestle, but people anyway. <laughs> sorry, because <laughs> people a lot of people are like oh it's just a character, but when they see like oh you can wrestle too, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you people need, invest in their character, you need to invest who your character is, what turned them this way. Why are they like this? What inspirations do they draw from? You know, I'm, I always build myself from the French Quarter, Louisiana. Yeah. Somewhere I always wanted to go. So I knew, because I'm a big history nerd, Louisiana was part of the French Purchase, da-da-da, all took, French took all that land. So, so there's a lot of French ins- influence down there, inspiration from there. So I took the simple Harlequin design and... I would always think of masquerades because masquerades were a great thing. So I would do all white. That's why I had the mask and all that. But even beyond just the scarecrow things, you know, there was different cultural significances I always put into my character. What I think a lot of people, they say they do their characters, but you need to invest more of this is who I am. You need to, they need to understand more of, What's the backstory? What's the real backstory? What do they draw from? What influences? Even like my, my thing of like, oh, I'm from the um, New Orleans. I'm gonna bite from. I'm gonna bite from the influence of the French people there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you can go like deeper into that. So I mean, it sounds like it's more um, the heavy acting influence too when you get to that. Oh yeah, um, when. Like a lot of the acting, like in ring stuff, even as well, because mm-hmm. like I felt always felt like because <clears throat> I did theater in school, almost bores. <laughs> <laughs> theater, like when you're doing something, you're trying to draw the audience in, mm-hmm. especially what and a rise at it helps because you're on that slightly higher platform than they are, mm-hmm. and you're walking down to their level. That's how I always looked at it. And whenever an actor will come out, they have to make a very strong first impression. To grab the audience's attention, or else it would be a loss. So I always try to make during my entrances with the different themes and very acting, how I would walk to the ring, what I would wear to the ring, like the day I wore what a wedding dress to the ring to fight PB Smooth. <clears throat> it was always something against PB. Mm-hmm. Not like I had not like I had beef with PB, not at all. <laughs> it was 
he always claimed himself to be the pretty boy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh well, I could be pretty too. I believe. I think there was an entire like wedding montage video that ran in, ran in front of it too. Yep, made the whole thing. He and he's looking at me in the back like, you can't be serious. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll see you out there. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> but like even acting things in a ring of mm-hmm. like me sticking my tongue out. Me staring towards the audience and like absolute disdain how much I disliked them. Um, how how I would crawl around, how you would address your opponent, like the slight the subtle movements. Like I remember one time I was wrestling Jinx, and I forget what move I just gave her, but me even me the way I just grabbed her arm mm-hmm. and just dragged her across the ring. That shows like you know oh, he's just he's a sick bastard, or even like the way. And if you're doing it right, you know, commentary should be able to pick up on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, my favorite commentary team, Jim, Labada, whatever his name is. Labada. Something like that. Turkey Sandwich. And um, Paul Atlas. If they could pick up on what you're doing, you're doing it right. Because I've – and um, I know one thing I always did, like the black drool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember when I first started doing it. You know, a lot of people, some people come up to me like, oh, you, you, you're getting that from Gory. I'm like, I know Gory did the red thing, but I never. Yeah, and Gory does, like, he spits as part of his entrance. It's not like, like, you, you actually have kind of a drool thing going on. <clears throat> yeah. And that kind of persists through the rest of the match then. Yeah, like, I would always have, like, a spare thing, and I would always mm-hmm. like, do it through the match. But I was like, I was like, I want to do this, but I never got the idea from Gory. Love Gory, respect Gory all day. Got no problem. I I love his, I love him dearly. I remember what I would used to role play online. Mm-hmm. I know it was weird. I was on IMVU, like a 3D avatar chat. Oh yeah, I don't know this one. <laughs> I was. Oh yeah, I'm I'm weird. <laughs> and I would call. I would do like a zombie character. Mm-hmm. So I would always role play that. And my skin would be pale. I would. I'm like all my insides were so rotten. Everything would turn black. Someone stabbed me in the RP, so I was like, well, if everything's rotting away, the blood would eventually turn black. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got the black idea. So I was like, oh, I was like, if my teeth look rotten and black, and I'm like, it looks like I'm rotting from the inside out. So that's where I got the idea for the drool thing. I'm like, and what? You got to like do stuff that is so unnatural. Mm-hmm. Like people are characters, but not like character characters. Like I went out drooled. People would freak out. Dude messaged me. Yeah, my daughter's scared of you. Like, she had a nightmare. She thinks your drool was like some type of acid. It's going to burn her eyes out. Someone's friend told me, like, they had a dream. Like, I dragged, like, they were using a Ouija board. I'm like, only white people use Ouija boards, so whatever. And she said, I came out the Ouija board and, like, dragged her through it. And, like, during mid match, I would drool it out. But I never really liked doing colored mist. Mm-hmm. I felt like black, even though black never showed up well through the air. When it comes on someone's face, yes, I said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it hits somebody's face, it just goes from like pasty white to just pitch black. And the moment I come in the back, I'm like, yo, you're racist as hell. You're doing blackface. I don't like that you're doing this, man. So I always did as like a joke to myself so I could say that when people got to the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the thing. You, you talk about like, uh, making that little girl uh, uncomfortable. Like, like, like there was things you would do that make me feel uncomfortable at ringside. You mean like uh, touch your butt? Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that's been pretty, pretty persistent there. Um, so we do have a lot of comments. 
We have a lot of comments. Oh, geez. We got a lot of comments. So I just want to poke at them real quick here Mark, since we're live. Kay's going to kill we got, me. <laughs> no, it's been all good. It's been all good. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Jordan says, you're a beast in the ring. He's responding to something there. Uh, George, uh, actually, John Roden. Oh, jeez. Her and 2PW champion, by the way. Oh, says, so you're allowed to care about your uh, about your own well-being. No, your well-being. No need to feel bad about it. Thank you, Roden. I always loved your singlet. With the ram on it, and you're sw- and you're swole as all hell. Yeah, he's doing great stuff there. Um, Jordan Styles is in here, and he oh. says, uh, uh, "Bro, you've made such a mark on this scene. Much love and respect." And I believe later he says something along the lines of, "Oh, here he is. I've legit learned uh, to be a strong entrance from watching you." Oh, thank you. I feel like maybe if I always, I mean, I know my legacy will. <clears throat> I have no legacy, but I feel. As if if I've done anything in wrestling that I always wanted to try to do, I hope I made at least one person think, like, man, could I do something? Or how I maybe inspired one person to do just that one tiny thing better or inspiration for something. Like, I hope, like, I know what I do is not going to be remembered for ages or, like, be written in the history books. But I hope, like... Through the people I've made laugh, people I've helped inspire, they have a small bit of advice or something they saw me do. Help. I hope, I really just want everybody to succeed. I hope whatever they do goes so far because everyone, because it kills me in wrestling. You know, you see people, they're happy until you're doing better than them. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing I always like, no matter. And it, I always seen people come way after me and have more success than I did. You know, at first I thought, no, the bad side of me was like, man, look at that. It was like, because you were set up for failure from the jump. It was like, like you took a shit sandwich, you made it the greatest thing in the world. But I looked, I looked, I was like, my journey is not the same as Arbelsa's journey. But I was like, I don't need to compare myself to their success. Like, I'm glad. You know, London has gone down to Texas, done their thing. I'm glad mm-hmm. Lee Moriarty is doing his thing. Lee, they all came after me. I'm glad Lawless is out here doing his thing. I'm glad Phoenix is out here doing everything he can. I'm glad, you know, Adkins, the Cogers, Remy. I'm glad everybody. Like, I don't care how much more successful you are than I am. I will always be happy that you are living your dreams and you're succeeding, doing what you want to do. And your success makes me happy because I love seeing everybody that I care about live what they want to do. I got some more comments for you. Oh, gee. (laughs) Coming off that. uh, (laughs) I mean, obviously an impression on the fans here. Candace is out here uh, saying, you actually got Joey to come out of his shell. He was so afraid of you by the last show. He admired you. Uh, He has my first mask. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Um, Zeke Mercer is out there. Man, fuck Zeke. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen you taking Zeke the task a few times backstage. Uh, so <laughs> he says it's cheesy, but I, I, I'm inspired to be uh, myself in and out of the locker room from Christian. Yeah, I think the one thing Zeke Zeke actually planned to shake your hand for the first time ever, but you left early the last show. And Zeke, I just want to let you know, all, I may have picked on you, I may have bullied you. But I just wanted you to be strong because you came in very soft, and I hope I at least toughened your ass up a bit. And now I see it has toughened your ass up. So what I've done has finally worked. 
<laughs> there you go. I know he's getting a lot of opportunities uh, in some some new places here coming up here. So looking forward to see what that turns into. Uh, Brohemus <laughs> says, "I hate you, uh, but we're good, but you're a good friend." Yeah, yeah, but guess what? Both my shoulders work. <laughs> So, um, well, I, I guess I mean I guess there's a little bit of like what's next for you, you know? Are, are, you know, you're not in wrestling. How are you? How are you going to uh, fill that time? I mean, we were talking a little bit before actually about like that kind of like that next day after wrestling for you. Yeah, like the next day, like I unpacked my bag and everything, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh fuck, what am I going to wear next show? And I was like, there is no next show for me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing. Like, Matt Connor has told me, he's like, you know, there's always a spot available for you. Marcus told me, Brandon told me, in case you ever want to come back, there's like, they're like, oh, you'll be back in a month. You'll be back in six months. Mm-hmm. But I tell them every time, you know, I'm not coming back. And they're like, you're so good. I'm like, I appreciate that, but, you know, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I finally, you know, accepted that I'm done. I've locked everything in a chest. My wrestling gear, all my kick pads, all my knee pads, all my gear. <clears throat> and I duct taped this bitch shut. Like, full rolls of duct tape. <clears throat> duct taped it all the way shut. Just to remind myself, if you want to get into wrestling again, that's how much of a pain in the ass it's going to be to get to it. But, yeah, everything's shut. And, like, honestly, now, you know, it's weird. Like, you know, your weekends are free. You don't got to worry about what you got to do to make somebody happy. Mm-hmm. Like, my plan this year is to, like, because for the past few years, I never really, I've invested so much into wrestling. I never invested into me. Like, now I'm going to travel, do cosplay, the things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, tomorrow I'm going to Colossicon out in Ohio for four days to cosplay out there. But, you know, there's always... I know they always ask me, like, you know, I still get, you know, you could come back, you could come back. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And, but they're like, well, what if, like, a, for a random event or something? I'm, and, I, and I told them at most, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, Who, for, for all we know, I'm going to come back as underneath my mask again, or I'll come back without face paint <laughs> and I'll just <laughs> rustle under a different name because yeah. I feel. I don't want to sound egotistical or cocky, but like I feel like no matter what I'm given, I can make it work. Because mm-hmm. I did it with Noir, I did that with Cristiano, I made that work. Even one show, I was at Black Diamond Yard Show. No, I don't want to, no, not Yard Show, but Free Fair Show, whatever. Yeah. I didn't want to put face paint on because it was hot as hell, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a mirror. So I really picked a name out of. I pulled this name out of my ass, Darius Castro. Right out of my because I'm part Cuban, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there, build myself from New York, and I was just basically me right now, no gimmick, just suave asshole, and it worked. And I was like, I could come out with a chicken suit on <laughs> and make it work, but honestly, now I don't know what's next. To be honest, like I deactivated my Noir Facebook account, mm-hmm. so nobody will ever see me post from there again. Mm-hmm. Like, I basically unfollow. <laughs> I know it sounds mean, but I, I unfollowed every promotion around. Like, my even the I love Rise, but I even unfollowed Rise. 
Just to get it out of your feed, right? Yeah, get it out yeah. of the feed. Like unfollowed all my unsubscribe from all my YouTube stuff. Unsubscribe to you. Nothing against you, Sorry. I love yeah. you. Yeah, there was a so he unsubscribed from the network. Um, even though I, I still gave him matches, you know, so he could see everything. Uh, but he was subscribing to the network, and I get I see a message a couple weeks ago of like you can put a little like like why am I not why am I unsubscribing? And it says I'm done with wrestling. You know, see you later, Sorg or something. <laughs> <clears throat> like, like I'm trying to like you know I'm, I'm cleansing my mind from wrestling. Like um you know I feel like you know wrestling did save my life and mm-hmm. rust but then again wrestling also has also helped me find new eras of my points of my life where I'm like you know maybe I could do this maybe I could do wrestling is everything giving me confidence because you have to have confidence to go out there you got to have confidence to come out <clears throat> like I get wrestling as a sport. Everyone's like, it's hardcore. You got to train. Yeah, you got to train. But at the same time, wrestling is the weirdest, lamest you will ever do in your life. <laughs> it's lame. It's weird. Homosexual even sometimes. I'm like, everyone's like, no, it's just, no, it's wrestling. Bruh, you're a grown man with no shirt on <laughs> and underwear, sparkly tights custom made for your body with your name across the ass coming out to music and lights and grunting and making facials and like look i get it wrestling is super serious but you gotta understand we do that Mm -hmm. like if you're not having fun with it Mm -hmm. like what are you doing because like i get like you know we take it seriously because but like have fun in your livelihood i think that's what a lot of people are missing People aren't having fun. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think it's one thing that's killing wrestling. You need to have more fun. Because if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? I have fun putting on my tights. I have fun walking around the locker room, sticking my dick bulge in half of people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beast Man, one last comment. We'll get out of here. I think we've we've we've, we've touched a lot of we've, uh, the, the the crying faces alone uh, count all oh, night. Geez. <laughs> Y'all will get over it. I'm not. Dying. I'm just ghosting all of you like a bad relationship. Uh, Wes is out there. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hold on. He's got a paragraph here. Who knew the Beast Man would write so much? Uh, Christian's one of the people that has made chicken shit into chicken salad. His passion is not is his passion for not wanting to give up when it was uh, bad and proving people that downed him in the past wrong has made him better because I, I've seen it. Uh, I'm going to miss his antics and sharing a locker room. And the ring with him, definitely a great talent leaving too soon. Going to miss you, good brother. I love you too, Wes. That's meaningful. (laughs) (laughs) Even though Wes is the kind of guy in a locker room. Wes is is always one of the best people to the locker room. Like As much BS he would give you, Wes wanted the best for you Mm -hmm. and always took care of you in the ring. Wes was really one of those people you can go in the ring and just call it it with him. Mm -hmm. Like, man. Wes, Wes was a guy. Makes you, it makes me think, like, man, what if, what if I would have called it in the ring my last couple matches at the hell with it? Well, I'd call it out there. Yeah, let's just do this. Yeah, let's just do this. All we'll, yeah, well, them spots we talked about, yeah, forget it. Well, for those interested, I don't know if you want to even give it, but um, do, do you have a platform for your cosplay that you want to share <laughs> that, that people can follow? What kind of a, what is next, at least publicly with you? <laughs> yes, I have one. It's Panubis. I know it sounds weird, but so does everyone else's Instagram handle, and yours is not better than mine. So how dare you judge me? Because it's, com- com- it's a combination of pandas, because every month 
I get paid. I donate to the World Wildlife Foundation to save pandas. I've been doing that for years. That's something y'all didn't know. And I love Egyptian mythology because I'm a history nerd. But it's P-A-N-D-U-B-I-S. Panubis. That's, yep, that's my Instagram and my TikTok because I'm a weirdo and I have one. And I have over 7,000 followers. That means absolutely nothing in the real world. <laughs> it makes me not even more important than anybody. Awesome. Christian, like I said, it's been great uh, uh, getting to know you over the last couple of years, filming the shows, um, and, and, and seeing what the hell you you come up with from month to month <laughs> out there. It's been And also, my favorite meme... That I was ever sent uh, with uh, with 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 the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one I sent. Where they're like so they're like Hulk's giving um, the taco do like Ant Man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I put. Yeah, it was. It was like Sorg us wrestling because that's all Sorg gives us. And Sorg, I think you're the only wrestling thing I'm actually still going to follow. What? <laughs> yeah, you're the only wrestling thing I'm actually still going to follow. Just me or just, just me? Yeah. Nobody else. You're just like, what's Sorg up to this weekend? Yeah, I'm like, damn, Sorg got some shit popping. I mean, I'm gonna be nebby and look at what Raz is going on, but I'm like, have you seen what's going on here? No. I was like, don't you care? Absolutely not. But and I remember they told me like you'll always have a spot. I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. Well, thank you so much, and uh, again, looking forward and going to keep an eye on the cosplay with you. And who knows, maybe you will get the itch and get all healed up. And one day, one day when you're an old man and want to do uh, <laughs> a charity show, you'll get back at this. I'll be like, all right, brother, just just put me in the headlock. We're going home. There you go. There you go. I mean, you'll just do the Jerry Lawler thing, and you know, you, dude, go go Memphis and just yell at the crowd for ten minutes, right? <laughs> you mean you mean a typical Brandon K match? Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, everybody in the live chat room over here on the IndieWrestling.us uh, Facebook page. And uh, again, you can check out you can check out like a, a last two years of your career over at IndieWrestling.us, Indie Wrestling Network. A uh, few free matches over on the YouTube page for IndieWrestling.us. So please go check those out. If you if you don't know nothing now you but know. now you know. Say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Oh man, that was my favorite thing to be saying in lo- every locker room I'm in. Man, <laughs> I don't know how I never got kicked out. Maybe because I was funny. <laughs> I had to. Uh, I, at one point, you came up, and one of my new videographers was there, and and I was, I, I was just kind of looking at him. I was like, "It's okay. That means he likes you." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I think it's the only person who could like just go blurt the n word out in the locker room, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. normally everyone would be like, like "No one, you get out of here. It's like fire. It's like it's like a barrage of like, oh, here he comes." Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Please subscribe on uh, iTunes wherever you like your podcast. Sorg is God. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, uh, until then, please support indie wrestling and good cosplay. And pandas. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at Sorgatron Media dot com.